Welcome to Lineouts by Earful of Dirt, bringing you conversations with rugby newsmakers about the greatest sport on the planet. And we're live. Welcome to Earful of Dirt Lineouts. I'm here with Dan Lyle, the captain, and we're going to be talking about uh, AEG Rugby's promotion uh, jointly. Uh, with USA Rugby of an international weekend. Uh, you guys have brought in a preseason Super Rugby fixture of the Blue Bulls and Stormers. That is pretty interesting, especially considering our former head coach of six months ago is leading the uh, the Bulls after a pretty successful shakeup uh, and Curry Cup campaign. Yeah, it's a uh, it's an exciting time. We've uh, we we met with um, Sanzar. So for everyone listening out there, that's the uh, an acronym for South Africa, New Zealand, Argentina, Australia, or Australia, Argentina. Uh, obviously, Japan is included in that when it comes to Super Rugby, uh, but um, with uh, with their uh, with their franchise. But we met with them uh, in London, presented to their board um, with their CEOs and their chairman about you know a a uh, way of getting super rugby and, and, uh, and, um, you know, the test matches, rugby championship stuff into the United States. Certainly New Zealand has played here, uh, twice very successfully, um, at soldier field that we all know, but really kind of trying to create something uh, on a regular basis. And I, I think that that's what, uh, uh, that, that just earmarks what the AEG believes in is that we think that we should find a way to create a calendar, um, from January to December of events that we and others are are managing and owning uh, that uh, can be collaborative on. So, and it's, and that's, uh, so we've, uh, we've dipped our toe into the sands, our waters and that the, the uh, Australians and New Zealanders were um, have an event actually, they actually have an event at uh, that we are a co-promoter of in Australia. Okay. Um, we manage the uh, uh, Suncorp stadium, which a lot of people might know that's the, we're Brisbane uh, in Brisbane where uh, Queensland plays and Australia yeah. plays a lot. So the, it's called the tens. Oh, yeah, and they're actually, intense. yeah, they're, uh, the Australian New Zealand sides are playing in that. So, um, the first, this first year conversation, the South African teams were available and, uh, the first two that put their hands up were the Bulls and Stormers. So, uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a kind of a catch all meets, uh, meets get the first year, um, you know, accomplished. And like a lot of first year events, you've got to do it and then you can uh, wrap your head around the best way of doing it in timings and lots of other things. I mean, you guys are talking about tens. I am a big advocate of tens. I would love to see like USA Rugby um, do some type of melding um, and, you know, actually field a tens national team for, you know, a sort of once a year event like going the Brisbane tens or, you know, field a select side of some kind to go to the the Hong Kong tens, which is in advance of, of course, Hong Kong sevens. Yeah. I think we played we played a few guys in the, you know either it's really the, the, the post end of your career or the really really rookie end of your career for the Hong Kong ones. But I think you're right. I, I love, you know played tens for years ago. Uh, the Malaysian tens were a big one when I was uh, still youthful enough to to run around and uh, the uh, that that was a fantastic thing because you, you you still could have all you know the, all the different positions on the field. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it opened it up and gave it a little more space. So yeah, I, lo- I love tens as well. But yeah, it's a uh, so it's a complimentary. Uh, you know, we have operations AEG does, um, you know, pretty much on every continent through our sports, our music, or our facilities. 
and uh, that's one of them. So as part of, I mean, this is where I take this podcast and some of the other guys on to interesting ends because normally, of course, as you know, we cover Major League Rugby. But um, you and Paul Morgan and Premiership Rugby granted us some great access. You were the first. You got. You guys were episode one of your full of dirt lineouts, and then uh, Victor and Dan went to your first of your American series with the Premiership. So you got you joined AEG um, to develop a you know, rugby strategy and promotion strategy. So you presented to Sanzar. Uh, how does um, this compare to where you're going with the American series of the premiership? Well, the, the evolution of the premiership will be, um, we'll, we'll issue an RFP um, out uh, on the East Coast um, in, uh, in the next six to eight weeks. Um, so, um, so that we, a year out, um, in April of 2019 will be the next, uh, premiership match, um, early season. So we will, uh, so late in this late, late in their season, but more, we, we believe in the spring opportunity, you know, we, yep. the, the game, the game was, you know, earmarked in the fall. You know, I think it's really, really challenging for a sport, uh, like ours to, to go up against a lot of the fall dominant, yep. because, you know, obviously football and other things. So we've, uh, we've made it uh, known and obviously we couldn't do anything this year because it's the, it's the one calendar year, you know, 17, yeah. 18 is the season. So the 18, 19 season, we very marked April and we'll go out with an RFP that will we'll integrate with the rugby community, the sports community, the business community, uh, and the grassroots communities in, in three or four of the cities, uh, to make that game really work. And, and um, but it's, uh, the premiership, um, is, uh, a fantastic, uh, organization. They have, um, uh, a capacity to reach uh, across the U.S. Uh, in different ways uh, through their development opportunities. So we will be helping them uh, constitute a, a development strategy. But we're also working hard on a content strategy, something that where they, their content can be uh, seen and developed, not just in the weekends of their games, but the, all of the content that they develop and the teams develop through a platform um, that we can that we can get out there. And that's something that we hope that we can do with with the, the, the different people that we do partner with. So. The premiership is is gonna is evol- that relationship is evolving. You know, um, we did the scholarships, which will happen uh, that the uh, second second weekend in March. Those thirty five uh, folks are over in the UK, uh, fulfilling hopefully their dreams and getting a lot of coming back with a lot of really cool uh, experiences. Um, but we'll we'll roll that into a um, a, a more uh, robust development strategy of coaches, coaching, and referees, and, and other things, which we hope to announce. Somewhere in that year out, a year out from that game, um, which is in April uh, of this coming year. So then, so then, then that that RFP will be a two or a three year RFP, so that we'll know when the game is, you know, uh, how how uh, how we're going to do the strategies and really can build it from there. And I think that that again is your uh, is, is another way of talking about the calendar, right? That you have yeah. your regular fixtures within the calendar year, but also consistent uh, fixtures that are that people can plan multiple years out for you know for me everything about rugby in this country because it's relatively small although you have a lot of people that have you know played or are aware it's all about predictable events you know people said why are you doing it in philadelphia why are you doing it talent i thought the location was fine 
brand recognition of Saracens and Newcastle isn't like some of our NFL teams are in the UK when they do the American series. But you had you outdrew Celtic League matches, so Guinness Pro 14, and you also outdrew home matches in the Aviva Premiership. So for me, the yeah, I don't, I don't of- want to interrupt. I don't want to interrupt there. I, I look. I, um- Lots of circumstances led to, you know, the the game in, in that month um, and, and, and that kind of early in our career. You know, I was personally disappointed in different ways about certain aspects of the event, but also, um, you know, really buoyed by the opportunities uh, that we have in front of us. And we certainly, um, uh, I think that the, it's, the, it's the, one of the signatures of AAG are, are going to have a, a strong um you know, uh, development out of the back of, of, uh, of what we did in the first year. So, you know, it's not about, um, um, well, it certainly is, is about learning the lessons, but it certainly is about uh, more about uh, putting building blocks in place uh, and making it part of um, you know, and putting it in times where the American rugby community can be engaged. And I think that uh, yeah. if that, if that's the case that we can engage people, um, then I think that we have a really strong, robust niche uh, group of people that will spread the tentacles on behalf of, of these events. And, uh, and certainly, uh, you know, I personally called and congratulated the, you know Jeremy Turner and his team yesterday on the back of the MLR game in Houston. You know, I certainly, you know, certainly think you know I was part of that first game in 2001 against South Africa. You know, and there's certainly been a lot of you know you, if you're Know, you can find the right markets um, and and you know, create some consistency. Then then people will respond. So we have enough touch points and we have enough proof points. Now you have to execute and, and put that calendar together. Awesome. Yeah. Not to really make this about the premiership because it's not. It's about Super Rugby. But for me, I thought it was a success based on all the factors that go into entering the American market in September. Yeah. So now we've got Super Rugby in what I call um, the gap. I call the month of February when it comes to the American broadcast and sporting calendar in general, the gap, because, uh, you know, we hit the end of the NFL college football's over. So February's before March madness, it's before spring training, it's before all that stuff. And you guys are hitting the gap and granted it's super bowl weekend, but, uh, there's really not much going on on Saturday when it comes to the broadcast calendar and event calendar of American sports. Yeah, you know, certainly um, big factors, right? When, when sports can be played in America and, and, and building that calendar, you know, the January, February, and then certain summer months are, are more robust uh, are looking for we're looking for product than others. So certainly you got to take advantage of those if, if you can. Uh, yeah, a super rugby match means that we're not, you know, offsetting the cost of a home field match, you know, in a regular season and things, you know, but, you know, the aspirations is to play, you know, an annual game in this, in February, you know, and, um, and doing it in conjunction with the American Rugby Championship to help that build value, you know, um, seemed uh, to all of us, you know, makes a lot of logical sense, you know, um, so I, I think that, um, yeah, we're, so we're, we're in the middle of it and, and, uh, you know the ticket sales are pretty good. You know they're the most of the, the Southern California rugby community. Um, you know while it's a, it, it's it's in a big it's a, it's in StubHub, which is our facility, and I think that that's uh, one of the reasons why we we're doing LA is obviously we own that build, building outright, but also um, you know the LA Olympics uh, twenty twenty eight are there, and that the StubHub is is the home of the rugby Olympic uh, men's and women's rugby Olympics. So it gives us kind of a window of time. You know even though it's a ten year thing, but I think that we have to think like that. I think we have to think ten years in advance. 
and then get those three to five year bite sizable chunks of consistent content down. So Super Rugby offers us that that within February, as you rightly point out, uh, and we uh, so we jumped on that, and uh, hopefully we do it on an annual basis and and, uh, and start to build some value. And it's not uh, that uh, you know L.A. Uh, probably Houston, uh, Florida are the kind of the three most dominant places um, for Super Rugby. But uh, you know, moving down the lines, the, the test matches for those teams, you know, and when do they play? And you know, we've we've had a really successful first weekend in in November uh, rugby weekend. Um, you know, but are there is there room for one or two of those matches in conjunction with the U.S. Uh, at different times of the year as well? That's the engagement that you need to have. But you need to you, you, these calendars are, are set three, four, five years in advance. They have to get it you know, get it locked in uh, and have that conversations uh, you know immediately. So that's what we're trying to do. So right now we've got a preseason match. Uh, yeah. Two weeks later, uh, there's another you know ARC match, and you know the calendar for the ARC sort of fluctuates. But two weeks later is the beginning of Super Rugby. In the future, uh, could you, because you're coupling this promotion right now as a double header, could you, could we make a double header at, you know, an AEG controlled facility again, but with a kickoff match instead? Yeah, I, I, look, I, uh, we don't want to say no. Obviously, the, the costs go up if you do a regular season match because you're okay. having offside the home and those fans back in that in that community they have less matches. You know, versus the Premiership, so you'd have to kind of balance all that kind of stuff out. You know, uh, two super uh, super rugby preseason matches, one in LA, one in Houston. You know, is a really cool novel concept. You know, um, uh, you know, in other cities, but I, I think that goes to the market strategy, right? Is what yeah. those eight to twelve markets in the U.S. that should have consistent content. You know, that uh, that's uh, that's something that uh, that people have to work together on. So, um, you know, we uh, and it's never about the AEG controlled facility. You know, obviously we make. You you, 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 as you say, control things if it's in your facility. But we have such a robust partnership with the entire MLS family, with so many of the NFL, so many and so many different venues that we can, uh, you know, that we're not um, pigeonholed into just uh, just our buildings or or ones that we are, uh, you know, controlling. It's always nice to do that because you you can you can do things easier. But it's uh, yeah, we're 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 thinking broader and longer term. Well, I think that's why you also said you're you know, you're submitting out for an RFP for, you know, the other promotion that you're doing. So it's just about, you know, the controlling the event space with a contract. Yeah. But I think the, the, we're doing a, a, a multi-school um, uh, um, promotions, you know, through in, in Los Angeles. Um, and, and we believe in the development strategy and working tightly with so- SoCal Youth Rugby, SoCal Rugby. You know, as well as uh, as well as the college conferences, and really trying to give people an idea that you know we're not, we're you know we're, we're that that the community group that we built there we, um, we we put a plan together that community leaders group you know that has community liaisons from every constituency below that turns into a into a legacy group a development group you know that that ultimately uh, across the constituencies because not everybody you know meets each other very often but across the, the college high school club and and youth space that they're able to uh, they're able to do a um, uh, they're able to talk about future events. They're able to talk about how do they find funds for some of the goals that they have, you know. And uh, I think those are things that, that every market should aspire to um, that that has an event of this type of a caliber or higher. Yeah. Going forward with with Sanzar, um, 
how did we settle on two South African teams or was that just, was that a them thing? And it's also kind of interesting based on circumstances with who the teams are. Although I will say Stormers and Bulls are some of the, are when I look at South African franchises, they have Stormers, Bulls and Lions have the most notoriety uh, stateside and globally. Yeah, uh, year one, as I said, the South African and, and um, sorry, the uh, Australian New Zealand franchises were already uh, contracted. Um, okay. and, so, and so we had a, a, an, op- an option to say, okay, do we do it or not do it? You know, and if we do it, you know, then we have to do the two, two South African teams. Uh, these two teams, uh, along with, you know, with the Lions, are also have the majority of the spring box. There's a pretty uh, strong South African population in Southern California. Yeah. Uh, they are in Houston are the two biggest ones. Uh, so, yeah, so we, we, um, we agreed that this would, uh, that this would be our, you know, jumping off point, um, and go from there. So we're, um, we're looking, uh, we're excited about that. Uh, we have the opportunity to work with these two teams and the South African rugby union and that, uh, and that the, the future and, and, you know, a full year of planning will give us the opportunity to say, well, what's exactly the, the best way of doing these things, um, and uh, and going forward so but like a lot of things you have to do things the first time you can't and uh before you find you know all the different reasons to add and subtract and change and and uh you know and build so i mean this fixture is approaching rapidly uh is super rugby or the bulls and stormers individually are they planning on doing a lot of just outreach just I mean the sim I would say the easy stuff which is just open practices and you know bringing youth rugby coaches just not to like do coaching clinics but say hey just just watch yeah that, that that's the strong indication from both teams and we should be getting their calendars training schedules here um, pretty soon but yeah that's what we've communicated to the to the community that those those guys will be uh, you know they're they're in preseason, so it's come and learn and be part of it. You know, and and the, the Stormers and Bulls coaching staff and management staffs are looking at our multiple sports that we own. You know, in franchises to kind of get some cross realization of what football and hockey and and, and soccer and and, uh, and basketball do and things like that. So um, hopefully it'll be beneficial on both sides. But yeah, I don't think you cannot not do that. Right? I think yeah. that's a fundamental to what you do and you have to spend time and energy and trying to get the Argentinians into the community through USA rugby. You know, the U S team is training most in San Diego and don't come up until Friday, but hopefully they're, uh, they're, uh, they're doing some stuff down there in, in San Diego as part of it. Look, you know, there our men's and women's teams are, are, you know, are, are, you know, are, you know, our biggest asset from a, from a promotional perspective in a lot of ways. So uh, getting them, them in the community and these professionals in the community is, uh, is, uh, is key. Going forward, uh, you know, so are the Argentinians also down in San Diego or are they coming up and, uh, you know, gonna are they going to train at StubHub? Because you guys have a – No, I don't think uh, so. I think they're, they're – they're, It's they're, a massive facility. Yeah, I think they're coming up kind of midweek from Argentina. Okay. And then having a couple of days on the ground. And then, you know, they'll have spent a lot of time together already. So, um, yeah. You know they're they're really not looking for unlike the Bulls who are and Stormers who are in a full preseason you know gym and sure they're they're doing all that stuff you know they're not peaking yeah. for this game but mm-hmm. um, you know we know that the you know the best of the best will be playing so it'll be a it'll be a great uh, great curtain raiser. 
Back to, uh, you know, Stormers and Bulls, uh, you know, everything I know about like South African coaches, um, South African rugby seems to be very systems based. And, you know, Americans love at this juncture, really love systems, especially in football and basketball. And when it comes to coaching offenses, I think, you know, every time you talk, John Mitchell talks, it's always an interesting listen because I, I learn something new every time. And he talks about establishing a sustainable system wherever he goes. So I think, you know, just being able to observe what he does, let alone, even if you don't get to talk to him, says a lot. I don't really know the Stormers coaching staff that well, but I think that will be a big deal for me. I won't be able to go watch it because work is work. <laughs> yeah. Look, uh, um, yeah, I, I think that the, uh, you know, if you're not systems based in any sport, you know, then you're, you're, you're not able to compartmentalize, you know, all the different things that go into your job, you know, on and off the field as coaches, you know, and I've always been a big advocate of the two things that American rugby needs to focus on the most is coach development and program building, right? So how do you, how do you build a sustainable program, you know, at any level? And then how do we educate our coaches, not just with the X's and O's, but also, uh, but the, you know, the, 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 the full tier of structure that goes into, into being a, you know, a, 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 a well-encompassed uh, coach. So um, yeah, these, uh, the South African teams, you know, have got, uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're historic. They've got so much structure, you know, for a long time, but um, yeah, you, you know, you, 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 you take what you have, you know, and you mold it and build systems around that team is, uh, you know, I, I think that's, it's, you know, pro sports um, and college sports and things like that. You know, you've got windows of time with people. You, know, you only get the Brady's for so for you know so often, right? You know, for so many years. Oh and gosh, so, that that be, uh, or or Dan Lyles. I mean, you you played for like at a high level for twelve years. You could have. You probably had four more years in you. Yeah, yeah we'll see. But uh, no, I, I I think I think that uh, because the, these 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 teams uh, will be open and uh, coaches observing and hopefully answering questions afterwards and things like that, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully it'll be a really good environment for everybody. And, and these little glimpses of, you know, how teams start their practices, you know, from us, you know, coming together as a team to, you know, individual drills, you know, with the ball, without the ball, you know, how they, how they break into segments, uh, you know, both from a, from a forwards and backs to a, to a different skill sets into individual skills uh, platforms uh, during and after you know, I think that all of those things are wonderful observations, uh, and and I think that every coach in America, because we 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 have an understanding of that stuff through most of our other sports, but sometimes we don't apply it to our own to rugby. You know, because we generally learned it as as a player or a coach and just a ad hoc. Everyone goes out, play a little touch, kick the ball around, and then you know maybe go into some set piece stuff and then and then start scrimmaging. You know, and and. I think that these guys will show us that that the, what we look at in our normal sports environments applies to rugby as well, and uh, they're learning. They're coming over and learning, as I said, from our sports as much as say anything else. And uh, you know, I remember my old coach, uh, who coached England, Clive Woodward, uh, who was at Bath. You know, just talking about the systematic approach, you know, of American sports and being able to compartmentalize that, you know, throughout his uh, throughout England's training. And that's a that's something that we can all uh, learn. That hey, we've got that actually inside of us. Yeah. you know, as, as Americans, um, and Hey, these guys are applying it, you know, as some of the best teams in the world. Moving back to 
to AEG Rugby. So anyone who follows you on social media has known that you have um, taken many trips to LA in the last like two months. Um, what has AEG's promotion for this game been like? So we have a you know a pretty comprehensive uh, the, the the local market you know radio and and uh, yeah and um, uh, grassroots um, stuff is really the last four weeks so it just started now um, we have some okay targeted assets that we have signage you know, billboards and things like that that we have that are are ours I think you know this type of a match um, so we have we have a, a pretty significant budget with with USA Rugby you have your traditional are now traditional, um, you know, social media, you know, buy campaign. Um, it's targeting different people and your, your whole HTML partner driven campaign. So different people in markets and what AGs, uh, we're able to bring the, to the, to the conversation is that, uh, you know, getting the DHLs and the Amexes and the Coca-Colas of the world, sending out offers and newsletters and, you know, kind of reaching into our broader database. It doesn't always respond in year one to, you know, every email you send out, getting somebody to come to the, come to the stadium. But, uh, you're, you're, you're seeding the market for, for, yeah. for long-term and, and also engaged in the, in the youth commit, the, the, the school's campaign. So you've got three or four pieces of your campaign, you know, uh, that you're, that you're actively engaging in. And, uh, again, also it's about building a division within AEG, you know, and, and, and pulling from different resources that we have, um, and teaching them about the sport. So, um, and, you know, why is it important for, you know, different groups to do different things, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm building our own internal capacity within rugby. We're building uh, the L.A. rugby community's capacity, you know, to, um, and, that, and, and t- teaching them and telling them about long term uh, structure. Um, and then and then going down some of the uh, second degree and farther reaches, you know, so you've got the expat community, which is somewhere between first and second degree and broader than that. And they're, they're all attached, excuse me, attacked. In different ways, right? So you've got you meet with the consulates and their lists. You meet with, you know, you've got the whole Polynesian community is intertwined in different ways through through after school programs, church programs, different things. You've got obviously the Argentina; it's the second biggest population in the U.S. Uh, after Miami. You know, so they have a, they have a actually a broadcast network in the U.S. You know, hey, uh, they do. I didn't know that. B, um, I will yeah. when I go because my parents live in SoCal. I will go in search of Argentinian yeah. food now that I know that, uh, yeah. you know, they have, so. they, have, they, have, they have about 10 or 11 or more uh, specific Argentina restaurants just in, you know, LA. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a, right. uh, yeah. So, you know, then you, then you get into the, the all those other, um, you know, um, you, you, you could spread yourself too thin, you know, and then we're going to do some promotions around some Kings games, you know, in LA live and do some, some grassroots promotions of, you know, uh, some of those traditional campaigns of buyers and, and different things at the, at the different establishments that people would frequent, you know? Um, so you just try to divide, you know, put a budget against each one of those and, um, and get after it. And um, yeah. For me, I'm, I mean, I understand social media like as an avenue for, um, for growth and for marketing, but I look at what, how we've marketed games in this country in the last decade and I look and I say, you know what? We need to delve into the traditional marketing sphere, which is billboards and radio spots. And you, you just talked about radio spots happening in the four weeks leading up to that, which I'm so glad to hear because 
um, you know, I've, I've gone to a few matches now and I, I just, I do the math and I'm wondering what's going on, but nice to see, you know, professional, uh, marketing going into this and, you know, and we've got, a, we've got, if you know, the SoCal market, we've got a K rock campaign through a few of their channels, which is a kind of, you know, the entertainment K- side. K rock, man. Oh, then ES- that's then ESPN, then ESPN, you know, radio campaign. And then, you know, comes with that with some, some interviews and some giveaways and things like that. So, you know, you try to, you know, get as much value as you can, but, um, yeah, look, it, it, it's um, it's not a one for one. It, it's a build. It's a build conversation, right? Um, the, if you've got the three initial building blocks, which we didn't have with the Premiership, but we kind of knew that going in, tried to overcome them, but we'll, we're making up for that in, in the in the next one we're doing. It's got to be a, a bit of a destination, right? People, yeah. have, okay, okay, I want to come and I want to see these matches. Um, I've got to have, you know. Um, the, the the rugby community has got to say, hey, we don't have to play all of our matches this weekend. We can we can schedule earlier or later than, and most of them have done that in SoCal. Yeah, recons um, that that weekend. SoCal Rugby Football Union and Arizona Rugby uh, for everyone, so both youth and senior. That is a bye weekend, which yeah. I'm so glad because I'm still tr- still trying to actively play, and I bought tickets, and it was a question of. You know, within a geography sphere, uh, is there going to be opportunity cost? Do I go to this game that I really want to go to, or do I go play club rugby? And well, wisely so. Um, within the geography, um, the the head honchos were like, "Well, we need a bye week here, so let's do it." And this releases everyone to, if they want, they can go to that game. Yeah, we still have some constituencies in the college ranks and others that you know. So you're, you know, you're you're doing a campaign to convince people to do to uh, when they should, you know, that this is valuable and why their kids should come and things like that. And then, you know, reaching into into the broader uh, uh, schools community and the schools program that we have, we're kind of doing 28 schools after the 28 Olympics. So, you know, working with uh, Alex Williams of SoCal Youth Rugby and our and our foundation to really get into those schools and and then. And then helping uh, groups like play rugby and, and inner city rugby with Stu Crone and those groups, yeah. you know, that, that those kids don't, don't generally have the resources and nor their parents or their siblings to come to those games. So knowing that we've got some, that we're building value to make sure that you're giving, you know, to the right people, keeping the value of what you're doing for those that, that, can, that can buy, you know, and, and building from there, you know, and then applying, you know, group sales and tactical phone calls and things like that, that you would do, you know, all that stuff is in play. And, uh, you know, we've got, uh, we've got people responding and it's a good, uh, it's a good environment, but, um, yeah, it, it um, th- so th- those three ingredients of, of destination, uh, the rugby community, and the last one being that it's a, that it's driven by, um, organically, um, because people then share it and co- share it out. And, and, and that, that part of those first two, a lot of that has to come down to uh, sponsors and uh, and people that that want to uh, that see value in the sport, and that, I think that's what we have. That's the third leg of the leg of it that we have to build over time. We have to build those ones that want to be part of this, um, and then they engage their employees, they engage their broader community. It becomes easier and easier for people to come to, to come to matches. You get the corporate hospitality filled up, and all those different things. Um, so, you know, there, there, there's, there's simple ingredients and then there's a whole tactical plan. I, uh, I kind of think of that. I, I coached basketball last night, Aaron, and, uh, my kids, and, um, 
they call it the triple threat, right? You get the ball in your hands and, and the triple threat is you pass, you dribble, you shoot, right? Yeah. And uh, you're able to do that and so forth. And so the fundamentals of the game are passing, dribbling, and shooting, right? And how do you do each one of those? The fundamental of events, you know, are kind of those three things for rugby, you know, and then once you understand that those are the fundamentals and if you can get good at those things, then you're able to kind of tactically advance or spread spread your game out and build broader and broader systems, you know. Two what are you, James Naismith over there? Yeah, yeah. Take he's our rugby man, right? Going from rugby and multi it my, it's my It's my favorite sport, funnily enough. I love rugby, but it was, it was just because I played it, you know, I played soccer and basketball until I was 18, right? So it was yeah. mine. And I still play a pickup basketball game. Well, basketball is, I would say, because it's so fluid, pickup basketball is the most fun sport I will probably ever play because you play t- – well, I mean, depending on your rules, you always play to like 21 and you just go and then you're gassed because sometimes you go to the gym and you play you're, – you're the team that always wins and you're on the court for like three hours. So, you know – I don't know that. I don't know that feeling. Oh, you don't? I, I've only done it once and it was horrible, like afterwards. So, yeah. but I, I yeah. Three, I have a three game limit nowadays. So, so, if I get past three games, then my recovery time is, is not what it used to be. So, well, it's, it's great to see, you know, f- this full integration strategy um, on your guys' part. I, I, you know, I, I want Los Angeles StubHub Center, that facility. I think you guys, if we can, if this is the predictable event, you know, if we could do an ARC always there, I know like the last two years they did round rock at Dell diamond, which was great. Um, you know, again, it's all about predictable, uh, events on the rugby calendar so that we can, you know, build value and commercialize the properties, but StubHub has the ability to do like everything. Cause you, that facility is just massive. You can, you know, have this, you know, massive festival of rugby going, like if we, if they're, as things progress, you know, a festival of a week of different development and just everything. Um, so I'm really happy to see stuff being used again in the rugby space. Um, so going, let's, let's move forward to, I guess the, the questions that we, uh, talked about previously before we went online. Uh, I got two more um, through the chat. So I think we'll hit those first. Um, You sort of mentioned uh, working with colleges, but the question from Next Level Rugby, uh, the the guy behind Next Level Rugby is Ryan Ginty. Uh, He says, will AEG ever get involved with college rugby in the U.S.? And I'm guessing this is more as like an event promotion space. Yeah, I mean, we love the space. We love college. Um, you know, there's uh, a lot of factors will go into that. Um, we certainly think that the college window uh, um, is uh, is significant. It's part of that 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 calendar period. You know, so um, whether we do it or 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 it happens under USA Rugby or others, um, we're we're supportive of it completely and uh, collaborative in, in, in that. So I, I think, look, without without trying to dodge the question, you know, we're, we're monitoring that space. We like that space significantly. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that have done some good things in those spaces. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll continue to monitor it in 2018 and, you know, and, and be at the table um, with people as it goes forward. Next question, which is from my producer, Corey. Um, and I think we're sort of seeing 
the the question is a yes because more promoters are entering the space. Um, has rugby grown to the point where promoters in the U.S. can make money putting on matches? Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, people make money. So, um, and you know, they, there's there's always an investment threshold for for uh, for sport. Um, most sports, you know, uh, have a, have some sort of a window of investment uh, to uh, to when they get into the black. Um, so, it really depends on what what the event is and what they're trying to do. But yeah, I mean, it's a, uh, you know, it's a business, uh, um, that, uh, either grows in practical, uh, cash flow for that year or grows into equity like anything else. Um, but I think it has to be done. Um, anybody that enters the market and we should have a strong entrepreneurial marketplace in America, because that's how our sports and, uh, community works and how our sports have been developed that they enter the space. You know, and it's not about, you know, we've entered the space and what we want is the entire pie to increase. You know, so it's not just about taking over somebody else's pie or grabbing it, that the entire pie has to increase. And so if you enter the space, that that the collaborative strategy of entering that space and not, you know, cannibalizing somebody else's event or not, you know, doing something counterintuitive um, is, is the best way of, uh, of doing that. So, yes, it can be done, uh, but, but B, it has to be collaborative. See where um so taking AEG strengths as an event and venue company and then uh your involvement and commitment to new venues uh when it comes to facilities construction projects do you foresee uh AEG continuing to build rugby compatible uh facilities? Well, I think that's two different things. We are uh you know we're a global company and we have. Uh, through you know building this division for AEG Rugby, we're working w- with multiple different partners in you know, different parts of the world. Um, so, building rugby internationally is one thing. So, I would say that yes, there's, there's that dialogue. And then on the flip side of it, in the U.S., you know, having at one point owned six and a half of the ten MLS franchises and being a significant player within the sport um, now uh, and you know, having built, um, you know, several of the current MLS facilities, you know, most of them have the capacity, you know, for rugby, baseball, and that soccer and rugby are very similar. Um, I think that that college and, and pro football spaces generally don't, um, at least from a perspective of, uh, you know, of um, fully vetted world rugby, you know, with the full perimeters and everything like that. So, um but I think that you know that that the more and more the people are uh, able to understand, you know, what the what rug, that rugby is a commercial sport and it is that does have some capacity. That the venues that are built or retrograded, you know, will you know add rugby to their pieces. You know, so I certainly think as a major major player in the in the sports facilities uh, space in AEG, we're advocating for that. And, and uh, you know, um, you know, I guess that's probably as much as I can say about that. There's nothing. There's nothing that we're not doing to advocate for it, as you can got it. It seems when it comes to new facility construction, everyone is looking to um, be FIFA compliant, and with that, um, most by you still have more real estate that you need to add so that you're FIFA compliant, which allows each space to, you know, be world rugby compliant. Yes, a rugby pitch is a larger field, but um, so Levi's was built to be FIFA compliant. Well, with that, it's large enough to 
have the space more so than some of the premiership grounds to have a world rugby compliant pitch for an international match. So I think uh, we're starting to see those guys look at, um, you know, how big of the pitch can we build and still have good viewing so that we can make money on everything? Yeah. Uh, without a doubt. You know, I think that, that, you know, the, there's so many uh, in, in the UK um, and France and other places, so many uh, grounds that are, you know, co-used and, or, you know, have things that, that if, if you've got a stadium, it's much harder to monetize outside of your anchor tenants, your, your, your team, right? Because you're, got the weather to contend with you've got you know in soccer and rugby a year round you know stuff so how do you kind of do th do things and i think the mls stadiums are are finding the same are finding the same things out right so i think that they're and, and the nfl stadiums you have you know, there's less and less stadium tours for music right the arena tours are the are the big things and the festivals you know is where yeah there's so many things go on so I think monetizing stadiums, you know, outs, you know, um, with other sporting events um, and a couple of music events, um, you know, is something that everybody's looking at. And certainly, rugby is a uh, uh, is is one. And you know, I think you're just seeing some evolution there. I think this um, this is my final question that I have on the docket, and then we'll wrap up. And uh, you know, I believe I'll see you in a couple of weeks if you're at the event. Um, yeah. So have you guys at AG Rugby, because, you know, you're talking about building the capacity at this point, because AG Rugby as a division has existed, I think, two years. Is that about right? Uh, we started in uh, November, December of 16. So it's a year and change. Yeah. So, a little over a year. So we just, we just had our, you know, First, first birthday. Not, I mean, not too shabby so far. Um, I, I don't know if that's a question, but look, I'm driven at, uh, for, on behalf of American rugby, um, yeah. you know, and so uh, it's been wonderful to bring the, the, the men and women of AEG into the rugby space and, you know, arguably the largest sports entertainment company into the space you know we're learning as much as anything else and uh as we did we've done with multiple sports but we have uh, we have the capacity to really be uh contributory towards you know um and and helping build that ecosystem you know for america within american rugby and also doing some things internationally so it's exciting uh, to say the least you know, super rugby for the first time in america you know that's exciting as well you know um you know getting getting to play with the with the u.s team and and Argentinian team is exciting. You know, Los Angeles is great. You know, so we're, you know, um, you, know you have to, you know, pin your shoulders back sometimes and just say, hey, you're, uh, we're moving forward and, and we're, we're trying to do the best we can. Well, as you know me, I'm a bit verbose because I try to get verbose and detailed responses. So that really wasn't my question. That was a, more of a, the, uh, the ground laying for this next question was, um, has AEG considered, you know, any outbound rugby promotions? So uh, not really the Eagles because you don't really um, have the chance to control them. But say the USA Islanders were just um, founded this last year and they played their first match against Saracens in Bermuda for beyond rugby. Or, you know, we're seeing MLR take shape, um, you know, taking either of these two organizations um on an exhibition overseas, 
at, you know, Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane as part of a multi-header event. Yeah, look, I, I think that um, I wrote a paper years ago, you know, that talked about kind of a, a, a barnstorming team, you know, made up of, of our domestic talent and crossovers and things like that. I believe in some level of dialogue there. You know, I, I believe that the North American Barbarians is a great concept. I believe that the for men and women, Me too. I believe I believe that you know WPL uh, teams and MLR teams, you know, playing both domestically and internationally against you know the champions or or others in, in other in other windows uh, within the American calendar. I think all of those are are strong considerations as you build the entire calendar. So yeah, I think I think that those things are are valuable. And I think you know the. The the, uh, the British Lions, uh, you know, are, are thinking about the Lady Lions, you know, and I, I don't really want to reference them as the Lady Lions, but, how, you know, just a, a women's version of the, of, the, of the British Lions. And, you know, you can't get a better tour than the U.S. and Canada if you're on, you know what I mean, in that regard, they're going to do that. So, or you know, vice versa. So there's a, and the Barbarians themselves and the World 15 that operates under that platform had just constituted the Women's Barbarians as yeah. well. That, that you know, if we're factoring all these things into, into you know, uh, into double headers and, and 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 in conjunction with other things, yeah, Aaron, I think that there's a there's an appetite for, for outbound and inbound things that we're currently not thinking about. Um, uh, and these I, I call these concepts because there's concepts like touch rugby, yep. you know, and corporate touch rugby, and you know, there's there's concept, you know, there's there uh, there's a, a warrior cup, you know, think about a brand with the Polynesian teams against the U.S. every summer and the merchandise and the things that go with that kind of stuff and the NFL connectivities and, you know, and, and the Can-Am could be a lot more robust, you know, in men's and women's, you know, and things like that. And I really want MLR yeah. plant pro 14, you know, and, you know, things like that. There's, there's just a lot, there's just a lot of that stuff that I think that once you start putting a concept calendar next to an actual calendar, you know, um, that you're able to then start shifting into what would make sense. Um, and, you know, I would hope. I hope my my hope is that American rugby, USA rugby, becomes a facilitator for a lot of this stuff, and then groups like ours that can do a few of those things, you know, um, can collaborate with others that might do one of those things or more, and uh, and we're all kind of singing off the same hymn sheet and so forth. And as my as one of my friends uh, used to say, you know, back a long time ago, if you're on the same hymn sheet, it doesn't mean that you've got a tune yet, right? But you know, at least you're all uh, saying the same thing, and ultimately, over time, with practice, you know, you, you you can get in tune together. So I think that that's 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 where we ultimately uh, need to be. Awesome. Um, again, love what you guys are doing. Uh, love following, uh, you know, this AEG Rugby's journey and just just everything. Um, thanks for you know taking the time to uh, talk with me about, you know, this portion of your guys' strategy. Um, just keep doing what you're doing because I love rugby and uh, especially events, you know, that are only a, a short drive away from my house. Get your, so, get your personal needs as well, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, Aaron Castro for Earful of Dirt signing off. Thanks, Dan. Cheers. This has been Lineouts by Earful of Dirt. Connect with Earful of Dirt online. We're on Facebook and Twitter at Earful of Dirt. You can email us at earfulofdirt at gmail.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 720-600-2679.
For Aaron, Dan, and Victor, I'm Corey. Thanks for listening. <laughs>